Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, get your Bibles out for me. Let's get ready for the word. We are in part two, as I said, and we're going to take a look at the topic of, and the topic, that the question was, how do I raise kids in today's world? And I know that the challenge with this message would be that doesn't necessarily hit everybody today, wherever you're at in life, maybe you haven't had kids or don't have kids or empty nesters or whatever that is, but, but the principles today, don't, don't check out on me, don't tune out. The principles are relationship-based principles, and so they're for everybody, and I've expanded the focus to be a, a bit more about how to have a strong family in today's world, how to, how to have a successful family, if you will, according to the Word of God. So we're going to look at some principles. I want to give you five essentials, if you will, uh, in the Word that we all need in our relationships, period, wherever we are in life, but that will help you to build and develop a strong family. And here's what I know, because I have two kids. They're 18 and 19. I don't know parenting beyond 19. Um, I can look at the Word, and I'm thankful for, uh, there's a lot of resources out there, by the way. There's a lot of godly people in my life that have raised kids that are older than my kids that I, that I draw from. I ask questions. I actually go to support group. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so mine are 18 and 19. That's, that's really all I know. But here's what I know. In those 18, 19 years, everything changes. Things have changed. Now, the word never changes. That's why it needs to be our number one resource. Amen? And it needs to be the foundation of God's word that we're laying in our homes. But everything changes, even from kid to kid. As you get more kids, some of you have lots of kids, as you get more children, and how you parent each kid changes. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, you know, when you have that that first kid, you're taking a million pictures. I remember when Callie was born, we took a million pictures. We didn't have social media back then. So how many of you guys, how many ladies remember scrapbooking? <laughs> right? So my, my wife was really into scrapbooking. So I don't know how many pictures we had of Callie and she's scrapbooking. She's like, I'm making one for the grandmothers. I'm making one for, you know, my great grandmother and then one for us. Can I tell you when Camry rolled around, rolled around, we had one scrapbook was at our house. And if you wanted to see him, you had to come over and look at it. It was just like, and then for some of you who keep having kids, you know, get past that. And when you have three, it's different and four, it's different. Some of you get to the point, you just point to the sticker on the back of your car, the stick figure. That's right there. That's right. Right. I don't have I didn't even show you. And so it's just, you know, you just do things differently. I, I remember the freedom that we thought we'd have when we, we decided to go out when our children were little, our kid was little, and you get the babysitter over, right? And you're looking and going out, and you're just looking for a night out, but the whole night you're calling back and checking on the kid. You're not really enjoying the day, if you will. And, and then when the second kid comes around, you on your way out the door, you remember to leave your, <laughs> leave your phone number on your way out the door uh, last minute. And then when more children come around, your third child, you don't call me unless there's blood. <laughs> no blood, no call. That's it. You don't, you don't do that. And so things change all the time. And so we have to make sure that we're getting our information from the thing that changes not, the one that never changes. Amen. And so we want to take a look at that. Now, last week, I also gave you, I just want to remind you of a couple really great points I had last week. Uh, one of them about parenting, if you will, is people I talk to, they're getting married and they're talking about how many kids they want to have. Just a piece of advice. Don't decide how many children you want to have until after you have the first one. <laughs> See how it goes, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, we have three or four or five kids. We want a big family. Wait till you have that first one, and then, then you can talk later. Uh, the second thing, I don't know if it's a piece of advice as much as I just really think I need to follow up from last week. Um, my other piece of advice from last week I would encourage you in to think about is it's always a dog, never a cat. Get a dog, not a cat. And uh, the reason why I would say that is because some of you cat people are kind of mean. I mean, can I tell you, I'm not a hater, okay? I'd just rather have a dog than a cat. I just, it was funny because uh, I got a lot of pushback. Even today, somebody was telling me, let them have cats. And I just want to say, mind your own business. But anyway, so I was just... <laughs> 
So here's the funny part. Here's the funny part, really. Seriously, this is so true. My daughter is out of town, my youngest daughter. She's traveling with a group called Reality Ministries, and they're doing the, the dramatic presentation of Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, different church every weekend. I think she's in Oklahoma. I think now maybe she's in North Texas. And so we're going to get her on Wednesday, but she says, Dad, she calls me, she says, yeah, I'm fixing to come home. And I'm like, yeah, I'm super excited because she's the life of our party. Otherwise, we're boring. And she's, she's like, Dad, I, can't, I want to bring a cat home. I'm like, what? You need to go back and listen to my message from last Sunday. And she's like, no, seriously, Dad, come on, seriously. Can we have a serious conversation, Dad? I want to bring a cat home. And, and, and I'm like, no, no cats, no cats. I, I'm like, we already have enough pets, and I don't want a cat. And you and your sister don't get animals. If you want animals, wait till you're out of the house. And then if you want, when you get your own place, you can be the crazy cat lady. I don't care but not in my house. And she said, I'm serious, she said to me, she said, oh, dad, seriously? You have to be, you have to be kidding me right now. <laughs> she so did. And I'm like, did you listen to my message? If I'd have had that a week earlier. But um, it's just so funny. And so we're not getting a cat. And anyway, so and I'm teaching on parenting. So we'll see how that goes, right? Um, I, I want you to know today that you know, there's a lot of ideas out there in the world we live in. There's a lot of information. Uh, if you Google it, if you go to a bookstore, I don't know if they have bookstores anymore or whatever, you, you, you can see tons of information on parenting. And you have to be really careful what you listen to because things are changing. changing. You get a secular worldly mindset and now influencing things. And, and I, I really think the number one resource for anybody is the scripture, the Bible, in every, any area of life. And I don't say that because I'm a pastor. I say that because I'm a parent. And so in creating strong families, the same thing is to be said because the family dynamic is being reshaped by, you know, society and culture today. And again, it's, if it's outside the bounds of God's word, it doesn't work as God intended. No matter how the justification can be, whether it even be legislation or whether, you know, whatever the, the thing may be, God's word is what works. He wrote it right the first time. It didn't need change, didn't need update. And so um, I want to caution you on that. And so uh, today I want to look at five principles in God's word, but let's start right here in Proverbs 24, 3. Here's what the word says. It takes wisdom. Say Wisdom. It takes wisdom, that's the key, to have a good family, and it takes understanding, say understanding, to make it strong. Wisdom here, the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. So wisdom really comes from something more than natural. Wisdom comes from heaven. True wisdom comes from God. And so in order for us to have wisdom, if you will, and I'll explain that more in just a second, then we need to make sure we're going to the source where wisdom comes from, and if the fear of the Lord or the relationship or the reverential respect for God and the things of God is wisdom, that's what helps builds a good family. You got to be careful with all the other things that are operating out here, mindsets, information, because unless it stems from divine, it just might not be good for you or your family. And then it says understanding. Understanding is really the application of wisdom. Then you have to do something with what you've already received, and in this context, from heaven, if you will. We need to go to heaven. We need to go to God. We need to go to the Word to find out how to have strong families. And the other things, if they don't fall in line or support the Word of God, then I wouldn't waste the time with them. Because it can easily get confusing or get you off track or off course because there is an enemy out there that does not want us to have strong families and he is real and he's trying to bust the family up because he knows how powerful a family is putting God the center of it. And so we want to make sure we're getting our wisdom from heaven above and then we need to uh, apply all the truth so it can be strong. So let me give you five essentials for a strong or successful family. Number one, let's start here, authentic faith. Authentic faith. 
as if to say there's an inauthentic faith, and we all would say there is an inauthentic faith, and we know that because we've probably been there many times, but the truth is there's a lot of people in churches, there's a lot of churches full of people around the world that believe God is a Sunday-only God. You're missing out on God the rest of the week. Are you kidding me? I mean, an authentic faith says God is an every day, all day, all the time God. We cannot live our relationship with God just by our church attendance or Sunday going to church or whatever we're doing for the Lord because we can slip easily into a relationship that is not a relationship. We can get into a place where we're doing church, but we're not embracing God. And so we need to have that authentic faith. We need to have a a vibrant relationship with the Lord. The best advice I can give you for your life, for your family, for your marriage is to have a genuine, real, growing relationship with God. He is the difference maker. And again, there's a whole lot of people who are missing out connecting with him beyond Sunday church. And that means then they're not listening to the Holy Spirit that leads them throughout the day. They're not connecting to the power of God, the anointing of God, the ability of God that shows up in the midst of your situation or your trial. That's there when you go to work or when you're at home. The rest of the week, he wants to be in your life. We need to develop authentic, real, genuine relationships with God where we're going all in. We're not just playing church. Or let me say it this way. We're not just dating God on Sunday. We'll go out Sunday. We can't do that. You need to know that you're missing an incredible relationship where the Holy Spirit speaks to you on a regular basis, where he's talking to you about the things that you're going through. You don't want to miss out on a strength that he provides, a refreshing that he provides throughout your day that doesn't have to just be on Sunday, that you can have it every day in every situation, that you can have this incredible, authentic, vibrant, dynamic, real relationship. See, our goal here at Tree Life is not to connect you to a church. It's not to connect you to a service. It's to connect you to the Savior, amen? It's not to connect you to an organization or an institution that is church, but to God himself on a regular daily basis. We want to connect you to the life, love, and power of God. That is our job. That is what we're about to do. And that's what our heart is to do here with all of you. Before you go into that meeting, before you get that phone call, before you go to the doctor, before you go pick up your teen, before you go pick up your child, before you go to your neighbors, before you go to the game, you can let the Holy Spirit speak to you and speak to you about things of life. Again, the best advice I can give you on how to raise a strong family is make sure you see how close you can get to God. And I, I hear this all the time from my dad growing up. You know, I saw this model to my own home. Not perfect parents by any stretch. You were pretty close, mom. And uh, <laughs> my mom was on the front row. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but my dad always said this. I'd go to my dad with something. He'd always say, son, first thing out of his mouth, he'd say, son, how's your love walk? You know what he's basically saying is how your relationship with God right now. Where are you at with God? Hey, before we talk about anything else, where are you at with God right now? Because love God, love people. So my love walk was a reflection of my relationship. And so however I was operating outside of that was an indicator of where I was. And so first thing out of my dad's mouth about it, anything, he would say, son, before we get any further, how's your love walk? To the point where like, I know, I know. I'm, I don't, don't even have to ask it. Let me tell you where my love walk is right now. It's not very good. <laughs> right? And so it's important to see how close you can get to God. Get as close to God as you can. Go all in. You know, I can't help you with your kids. I can't help you with your marriage. I can't help you with your own life without first encouraging you on your relationship with God having to be the most important. See, Proverbs 14, 26, Living Bible says this, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. Where does your strength come from? Where does your help come from? It comes from a relationship with God. 
a vibrant, growing. And not only for you, because look at the rest of the scripture, because we're talking about strong families, and it says his children have a place of refuge and security. All I know, pastors, I just want to create a refuge and security for my kids. Oh, I don't know about the church-going thing, but I want to create a refuge. I want to create something for my children. I want my kids to have more than I have. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not important right here, but I want my kids to go beyond. I want my kids to, can I tell you, you need to get there first. You need to get there first. Because the Bible says then, then you have a deep strength. You'll have a, a deep ability to manage life, and it will result in a safe and secure environment for your family, for your kids. Uh, if nothing else, you need to do that. Press into God for them. Uh, take a look here at Joshua 24, 15. Here's a biblical advice on this one. The Bible says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, and it may not always seem desirable, then choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve. You can choose what are you going to do, who are you going to listen to, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, the gods of the Amorites in the land whose you're living with, the advice of today, the, the, the self-help books of today. You choose, but... He says, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to see how close to God we can get. You know, that can't just be a plaque on the wall in your home when you're walking the entryway. There you go. It's right there above the door or in your kitchen. It needs to be the reality of life. Hey, we live in a world that we just can't mess around because it's not messing around. It's trying to take our families and tear them apart. And so we have to be all in. We have to have an authentic relationship. And you really can't go any farther without this step. Number two, okay, here's one that might just, if that didn't step on toes, and that's not my, that my heart, I want to give you some real truth to walk out. This one might mess with you a little bit, and that is intentional schedules. This one's super, super practical, intentional schedules. The truth is we don't have a whole lot of time on the planet. Life is but a vapor, the, the word says. It's a miss. It's here one moment and gone the next. And and you know, I can tell you as an 18, a parent of an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, where did the time go? I'm now I'm walking around thinking, wow, 18, adult children, ah, what happened? Where did it go? People tell you, don't blink, they'll be gone before you know it. And everybody that has adult children can attest to that. It goes by so fast. We only have so much time. And honestly, the best families, if I was to say, this family looks like they have it together, if I was to say, just my own evaluating, this family looks to see like they got it going on, really, if I could peel everything away, one of the main things that, that would be something that would stand out in them, it would be they seem to be intentional about what they do and what they do not do. Being intentional with your schedule. Imagine that, (laughs) how important that is. See, they guard their time. They schedule family time. The challenge today is we have all these things available for our our families, and sometimes more than what we had in the past, but nonetheless, I mean, it's easy. I remember, you know, you just want some time, so you want your kids just, hey, leave me alone for a little bit or whatever, so you, and, and I've been there. You put an iPad in front of them. You put them in front of the TV. You, you give them a video game, or there's so many things now, and can I tell you, don't leave raising your kids up to media or social media. You never get that time back. And at the end of the day, at the end of life, if my kids are ready and, you know, to figure out what God has for them next, I don't sit back and listen and say, man, I wish I'd have, I, I wish I'd have put them in front of the TV more often, you know? It's like, I wish I'd have taken advantage of the time we have because I know it's changing. And so we have to be intentional with our schedules. You know, that's why we are, it's important for you in the time that you have, we only get your kids once, twice a week, perhaps, to make sure you're getting your kids in this godly environment. Make sure you're bringing your kids that no matter what, even if you don't want to get up on a Sunday morning, because really time goes by fast. You need to get them in a place. As you heard Tiffany talk about, you don't know the whole story there, but God healed her of cancer, and they said that she'd never have any more kids, and she had a miracle Carter, who's two years old in the children's ministry, hearing about Jesus every Sunday, amen? So time goes by. You never know what's going to happen. 
And so you need to be intentional with your schedules. And it's funny to me how church does not fall very high on the schedule. It needs to. Godly environments that you can, you can get your family into. Student ministry, the same, the same thing. Married for Life, Married for Life coming up next month. Blended families is the topic. You need to be in there. Get connected. Wednesday nights, the senior high small groups that just kicked off. And let me say this. You might not do five or six sports. <laughs> five or six sports and dance and karate or whatever. I, I don't know. You know, pick a few. Less is more. Focus on a few things. I, I learned that from my own kids. And I'm going to tell you, I was reliving my glory days, putting my kids in every sport, whether they wanted to be it or not. You're going to be in this. I don't want to hear it about you. You know, I don't want to hear it. I don't hear a griper complaining, or you're going to go out there and practice even more. Right? I was that guy driven by that. And all of a sudden, it's like I wished I had some of that time back a little bit. And so you need to just look at your schedule and be more intentional because you don't get that time back. And so the Bible says this. Let's see what the Bible says. Psalms 39, 6. Don't take my word for it. Take the Bible word for it. We are merely moving shadows, ships that pass in the night, if you will. And all our busy rushing ends in nothing. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. I know there's great value in having your kids in sports. I was in sports, my kid. I love the character that you're developing. I love that listening to a coach. I love the team concept. I love learning how to win, learning how to lose. All that is extremely important. But listen, you need to be really intentional with your schedules. And by the way, you might be too busy when it's time to eat. You holler at your kids. Hey, kids, it's time to eat. And they go out and get in the car. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, where'd the kids go? I thought we were eating. The kids, they're out in the car. All this busy rushing around ends in nothing. What the word says. So here's some more Bible advice. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says this. Um, it's better, but it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. Maybe you need to look at just doing a few things as a family. You want a strong family. We're talking about strong families, successful families. You need to have intentional schedules. Uh, number three, big one, big one in my house, especially right now, discovering purpose, discovering purpose. And this is one we're really uh, focusing on this right now, and we have been for a while, and you really can't do this one, however, without authentic faith. I mean, how do you know what you were created for unless you go to the creator regularly? How, how do you tune in the one who has a will and purpose for your life if you're not, how, how do you know without tuning his voice in? So the closer you get to him, the more clear this one becomes. And then if you're not intentional with your schedules, how are you gonna manage what you're really supposed to be doing? Because once you find out your purpose, then you know what to say yes to and you know what to say no to. You know how to schedule intentionally. So authentic faith, you have to have to understand why you're created and then you need to know that the purpose so you can say yes and no to some things and make sure you're tracking with what God has for you. So parents, you need to focus on this with your kids. But here's the caveat to that. You need to be finding your purpose and know what your purpose is. Because it's like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm here for, but listen, I want to help my kids out. Listen, then you're not modeling that well then. You need to make sure that you're digging in to find out why you're on the planet and then you can raise your kids better. Again, because then you can manage your family saying yes to some things and saying no to some things that you should. And so I tell my, I tell my kids this all the time. I learned this from my dad. I know that my kids, I know that every, everyone has this unique ability given by God. God gives us gifts, he, things that we're wired for, things that we're here to do. And I've learned this from my dad. He says, you don't, ha he said, you don't have to be good at everything, just be good at one thing. 
What's that one thing that you're really good at? And find what that is and then invest there. Pour that into there. Because see, listen, I have two kids and, 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 and some, one's really great in academics. One has to work a lot harder in it. One was just more natural in sports. One had to work a lot harder in it. One's more social. One's not so much. One's organized. One's not so much. And that's all okay. I want, my, I want their best effort every time. But I need as a parent to find what is that one thing God's called you to do. I need to focus on that and steward that well and pour into them in that area. And let me say this, parents, because the thing of, well, I'm not sure what that is, then you need to ask God and go back to the authentic faith because he will tell you he wants you to raise your kids in line with his purpose and plan. So the one who's created you and the purpose for your life will reveal that part of that is to help and with a purpose for your child's life. And so you need to dig in before you are able to help your kids understand that. But listen, you will be given knowledge by the Holy Spirit because he wants you to connect with your kids on their gifting and calling. So don't think that you can't figure it out. Don't wait and take him to church and say, hey, maybe in youth group tonight, I'm gonna send my kid to summer camp so there's this big move of the Holy Spirit then and then all of a sudden, uh, God's gonna have a word for my kid or the youth pastor's gonna come lay hands on him. Maybe if I take him up, Pastor Don will have a word that'll speak in the future of their life. Can I tell you, you have a word for your child from God. You have a word because you have the Holy Spirit in you and he's equipped you to prophesy or speak into the life of your children. Prophecy, what? Yeah, say what God says. It's what it is. And so speak into the life of your kids. You want a strong family? Then speak it into the life of your kids. Speak it into your marriage. Speak it into your home. Look at what it says, Acts 20, 24. However, consider myself worth nothing, my life worth nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Listen, there's an anointing on your life to speak into your kid's life. And if you can find out what it is, that's your aim. That's what Paul says. I just want to do what I'm created to do. Focus on that, help them. Every parent needs to recognize that one thing in their kids. One of the most important functions you have is to know, help them know why they're on the planet. And let me say this, that's why we saw you hear growth track. What's that growth track thing about? You always talk about the growth track. Hey, the growth track is just not a set of classes, it's a way to help you discover your purpose. And so can, let me say it this way, in this, uh, let me give you this analogy, it might be a little weird or whatever, but you know, as God has set me as a senior pastor here, in a sense, the spiritual father here, my purpose, part of my purpose is to help all of you find your purpose. That's my job. I'm, uh, the best thing I can do for you is to help you find your purpose, why you're on the planet, why, so you can live it out. Because that's where blessing is, that's where fulfillment is in that moment, that's where strength and refreshing comes from, doing what you were created to do. So Growth Track is designed in a way that if you'll just give us four Sundays, that's all we're asking. First service, you can come to second, you're in second service, come a little early, just for four Sundays to help figure out why you're on the planet. It is that important, especially if you're trying to help your kid figure it out. You need to know why you're here and you can help them do that. And so there's something that God has called you to do, something he's called them to do. Find it and start doing it for his glory. That's why we have to be careful with what we say. Look at Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful, only that which is helpful for building up, not tearing down, building others up according to their what? Needs, according to their calling, according to their purpose, according to why they're on their planet. Parents, use your words to encourage and build your kids up as to why they're here, why God put them on the planet because he's created them for something amazing and special and unique and you can speak into that. You know, I look back in 18 and 19 years with my kids and, you know, really, I mean, we, I hope, I guess we'll see how good a job we did in a few years, I don't know, but 
But the things that I, if I could say, I don't have many regrets, but if I had a few, one would be the time thing. I, I regret maybe not taking advantage of more time with them as time is becoming less and less as they're older. Um, the other thing would be my words. Um, sometimes, as you know, from if you're sitting in here very often, that sometimes my mouth runs faster than my brain. <laughs> and so sometimes the emotion can get a hold of me, and unfortunately there's some things I've said, and I can't take that back, but I feel like... God's revealed that to me and I've been able to come back then and repent and apologize. By the way, I learned that from my dad. And so I just want to tell you that you need to use your words to build up because you're speaking to their future. You're speaking into their purpose. And so make sure that your words are full of the word and you're speaking into their life. So be careful with your words. Look at what Jesus did, Mark 10, 16. Mark 10, 16, Jesus took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Understand something about a biblical blessing. It's not just this word, be blessed, be blessed. Oh, be blessed. I sign off with text. Hey, be blessed. Listen, that's not what we're talking about here. And I can see the picture of Jesus wrapping an individual child in his arms and holding them for a second, and he blessed them because here's a biblical blessing. He spoke into their future. You're going to be mighty one day on the earth. You're going to do great things. You're going to be a difference maker. He spoke to their future. So when I say bless your kids, don't stand at the door when they go out to get on the bus and you pat them on the head, be blessed today, be blessed today, be blessed today. Speak to their future. Speak to what God's created them to do. Speak to them to be leaders. Speak to them to be different maker, difference makers. Speak to the day they're going to have. They're going to change the world, not be changed by the world. That's what that means. Speaking of blessing, he spoke to their future, to what God had in store for them. Well, he's Jesus. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So speak it out to them. Speak their future. Okay, number four, here we go. Right relationships, right relationships, big one. As if to say, and put a star by this one, as if to say there are wrong relationships, and there are, and we all know that full well. And here's what I know. I 26 years of full-time ministry. Here's what I know 100% for sure that we all, every one of us is the sum total of our relationships, good or bad. Good or bad. We are who we are because of the people in our life that we've allowed in our life. And my dad would always say, parenting thing, and talk about my dad, always say, always say, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. He'd say, son, you are the company that you keep, always. Because relationships influence you, they shape you, good or bad, they do. So we're very intentional relationally around our house, we're right relationships. And that's, we place a huge value of that here at this church. That's why we push. Are you kidding? Another, another interview about groups. How many of those do we have to have? Hey, as many as it takes to get you in one. Because you see the power and the difference. What does that mean? That means they put themselves in a relationship circle that's b- being a blessing to their life. And it's changed them. That they're building relationships there. And some of us are lonely and I hear your heart in that. And some of us don't have friends and I hear your heart in that. Can I say, get in a group? Serve somewhere. It's so important to surround yourself with like-minded people, like-faith people that will encourage you and build you up. In my house, we're very strict. You can ask my kids. Jessamy and I are very strict with the relationships that my kids have. We want them to love everybody, for sure. But we check in with them all the time on who they're hanging out with. And if we don't know, they don't go. We have kids over at our house. You need to bring them by the house so we can meet them. Come on, really? I'm 18, 19 years old. Absolutely. You're still under my roof. You're still my kid. Because I know this. You may not thank me today, but you'll thank me tomorrow. You'll thank me down the road. Because I'm not parenting you for today. I'm parenting you for tomorrow and your future. And so I've, whatever that looks like in our home, we're very strict with our rules here. And amen. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I won't apologize for that. Why? Because it's in the Bible. I don't have to defend the Bible. 
I'm not gonna apologize for that. But one day my kids will thank me as I thank my parents, thank you, I see this now, I know why you did that, and thank you for not, and their lives went somewhere else there, and it's like, thank you for keeping me out of that by doing that. And so we're very intentional, we're very right relationships because it'll shape you. Or if we see a, a, a different attitude, who you been hanging out with? Not, not that they can't be influenced, I'm not saying church kids are good kids or perfect kids or whatever that is, but listen, we're very intentional with the relationships with our kids because we know it'll shape their attitudes and their thoughts what that looks like. So if they're hanging out with kids, it's like, I remember I had a discussion with one of them and i talking about some friends or some people through work or whatever, and I said, did they go to church? And they go like, I don't know, I didn't ask them, Dad, why not? We value church. It doesn't have to be this church. There's great churches here. We value church. Uh, talking about another group of friends, I'm like, well, are they, are they saved? Are they Christian? Well, I don't know. I'm like, well, how come? And then I said, well, are you... You're, you're a Christian. Do they know that you're saved? Do they know you're a Christian? Do they know that you go to church? And she says, oh yeah. There's my point. <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> they're not living the life, then obviously if you have to ask, if you will. And so I, again, that sounds a little, and, and we're not, we, we, we pray for everybody, we love everybody, but there's people that we hang out with and people that we don't. Why? Because it'll shape their future. And I want God to shape their future. I want the Bible to shape their future. I want the word of God to be our guiding principles in life. And so, you know, it's the same thing as they're older and stuff, whether, whether it be friends or whether it be no kids that don't, that don't go to church, there's time that you don't spend with them, uh, no boys that, that don't know Jesus, that, and no cats. I mean, it was just like, live by that and we're good, all right? I was like, do we need anything else? You, have, you know, you mess one of those up and it could be cataclysmic consequences. <laughs> oh my gosh. Crack, crack myself up. One day I'll move on from the cat thing. But the right relationships are so key. And you know that because you can look back on your life. Second Corinthians 6.14, here we go. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. Nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. None at all. None at all. I'm going to give you two more scriptures. You can write these down. I actually skipped them over, uh, but they're important. Proverbs 27, 19 says this. Proverbs, if you guys can go back, Proverbs 27, 19, I want you to have it. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he really is, what he's really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Let me give you another proverb. The book of wisdom, Proverbs 13 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools leads to jail. <laughs> That's my interpretation. Some of you are laughing a little nervously because you know, but you need to be careful about who you're hanging out with, who your kids are. And let me say this because, again, uh, this is a family thing. Don't just tell your kids this, live it yourself. In fact, that's the greatest words you can use is how you live. Because understand, I got 18 and 19 year olds and it's easy for them respectfully to say, okay, dad, did you do that when you were a kid? This is not about me right now. <laughs> They know who you're hanging with. They know the value you're placing on godly things. Come on, they're watching, they know. Model it, model it. Okay, I gotta move on. I can tell I can move on, I need to move on. Okay, number five, last one. Principles, essentials for strong families, amazing grace. Amazing grace. And it's amazing because there's nothing like it, nothing can compare. God's amazing grace. It's an absolute must. You cannot have great relationships or successful families without amazing grace. It is impossible. 
And God's grace is amazing because he took all the sin I ever did, am doing, ever will do, and still forgives and loves me. Who treats you like that? No one. Nobody but God. And relationships need the same grace. See, there's not a single relationship, not a single person on earth that you want to have or have relationship with that you won't need to have grace to stay in it. Not one. There's not one person, not one relationship on the planet that you won't need grace to stay in it. Relationships are tough. Relationships are imperfect because people are imperfect. And so we need to recognize that. I recognize it in my home. I recognize that with my kids. I recognize that my kids are going to mess up. I messed up. I did. They're going to mess up and make mistakes too, hopefully less than I did if I can model the right things, but they will. And in the moment of messing up, in the moment of blowing it, they need to feel the love and the grace the most. They need to know. They need to know that, yeah, you blew it, but there's nothing you could ever do to make me not love you. Because isn't it true that when we blow it and when we make mistakes, the thing we're the most grateful for is God's love and grace. We need his love and grace more when we blow it than any other time. Come on. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm the only one that's ever blown it in here. Help me out a little bit. Or I'll go back to the cat jokes. Okay, so when we blow it, you've been there. When you blow it, that's when you need his love and grace most. How is it that we don't respond in that way? I'm not saying that what they had done maybe is wrong, and we'll have a discussion about that. Believe me, we will talk about that. But in the moment when they mess up, it's not the moment where they need to, to be told they've messed up all the time or be corrected or punished in that moment. In that moment, they need the love and grace that you can give. They need to let, know that nothing you can do will ever change my love for you. And then there's a point, then you come and now let's talk about this. And then you can bring the correction or whatever that is that you need to bring, but not, after you bring, but not before you bring the love and the grace. Aren't you glad that that's the way Jesus treats us? I don't like what you did, and we'll talk about that after, later, but I realize you need me more now than you ever did. I want to read you a letter. It's a, I've read this before. It's a, it's a powerful letter. I think it illustrates this. And so, I mean, from a son to a dad, the son was missing. The dad went into his room and found this on the son's pillow, and here's his letter to his dad. Dad, dear dad, it is with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with mom and you. I've been finding real passion with Stacy. She's so nice. But I knew that you would never approve of her because of all the piercings and tattoos and clothes that she wears and the fact that she's much older than I am. But it's not only the passion, dad, she's pregnant. Stacy said that we'll be very happy. And she owns her own place and we'll make do, we'll get by. We have a dream one day of having more children, many more children. And Stacy's opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana doesn't really hurt anyone, and we'll be growing it and trading it for other things with those that live nearby. In the meantime, we'll pray that science will find a cure for AIDS so she can get better. She deserves it. Don't worry, Dad. I'm 15. I know how to take care of myself. Someday, I'm sure that we'll be back to visit so that you can get to know your grandchildren. Love, your son, Cody. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I'm over at Tommy's house. I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than the report card in the center desk drawer. <laughs> grace, grace, grace. We all need it. We need to receive it. We need to extend it, especially with our families. It takes grace. Listen, everybody, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it where you take care of it.
See, every relationship takes grace, and the devil is trying to destroy your family. Mark 3.25 says this, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. It needs to be a house of love, a house of grace, a house of forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 is closed with this scripture. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you, just as Christ forgave you. Remember how much Jesus forgave you. You will never have to forgive someone more than what Jesus forgave you. You know, on the 30th, as I said, September 30th, the topic you picked is forgiveness. And I just really feel and really sense just that God's gonna do something special, something amazing there along the lines of this. So again, I wanna encourage you, September 30, bring other people that need to experience the grace, mercy, forgiveness of God. Because we all need to walk in that because we've all needed it and we're all thankful for God's amazing grace that we receive. How can we do anything but extend? And so if you want strong families, how do I raise kids in today's world? How do I have a successful marriage or family, if you will? Then it's gonna take authentic faith. Go all in. It's gonna take intentional schedules. It's gonna take discovering purpose. It's gonna take right relationships and then it is gonna take amazing grace. But God is a good and faithful God. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today was just to show you some things in the word because the word works that will help you create a strong home, a strong family. No matter where you've been up to this point, you can start here because God's grace and mercy. And it all begins with that, doesn't it? Anyways, everything begins with the grace and mercy that Jesus extended with what he did on the cross Even though he didn't deserve it, he put his life as a sacrifice for your life. He paid your price, my price, so we can have a relationship with God. We're saved because of the grace of Jesus. And today, if you're here and you do not have a personal relationship, we're talking about authentic faith. You cannot remember inviting him in to be your Savior and Lord a moment in time, intentionally, purposefully, or maybe you think you did but you're not sure and you want to be sure. Today is your day. Start right here with an authentic relationship with Jesus. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment. I'm not going to have anybody stand. I'm not going to have anybody come up front. In fact, we'll all pray the prayer together. But if that's you and something's tugging on your heart and you know that you need to extend that invitation to invite Jesus into your heart and life and let him take the old things, pass them away, the Bible says, and make all things new, a fresh start. Or you know that you've drifted off course a little bit. But if that's you and you know that you need to extend that invitation to invite him in and you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that prayer? Let me see your hand this morning. Let me see that hand. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Proud of you. Proud of you. Maybe you're here and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, but it seems like he's a million miles away. Well, let me encourage you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes we get off track with the things of God. We need to get back on track. Make a course adjustment. Rededicate, recommit, we might say. If that's you this morning and you'd say, Pastor, could you include me in that prayer? I need to get back on track with the things of God. Let me just see your hand also this morning. Just put that up. Let me see that real quick. Thank you. More importantly, God sees your hand. Actually, more importantly, God sees your heart. Thank you. God bless you. You can put those down. All right, everyone look up for a few more moments. As I said, praying a prayer of commitment. Here's the power in the prayer. So they're not just empty words. You attach your heart to it. You pray it from your heart. God sees your heart, does what only he can do. Change and transform you from the inside out. So again, I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, but let's pray it from the bottom of our heart. Let's let God be God and bring that change in our life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,
I believe Jesus is your son, sent to this earth to die on a cross, to pay for my sin, and then go to a grave and rise again in victory. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. Thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, be my Savior and Lord, now and forever. I'll receive you now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, God's good, God's faithful, he's a big God, he loves you, unconditional love, unconditional love. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.